Thanks for joining me for another episode of The Game Time Guru. Today, we're talking about jerseys. Yes, it's a discussion on the new NBA jerseys with CeCe Hockley and Derek DeRoy. You don't want to miss it. This is The Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Boo! What is going on, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru. Now, today, we've got a special guest on the show, first-timer Mr. Derek DeRoy, and you're across the states. Derek, thanks for joining us, first off. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Um, can you explain, like, where are you from right now? Where are you at? Well, I'm in Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, go Hoosiers right now. Ooh. I am uh, born and raised north of Seattle, uh, a little town called Marysville, Washington, and uh, grew up there, spent my entire childhood in that town, and moved out to Nampa, Idaho to go to college and met one C.C. Hockley, and uh, we were good pals there, and I uh, was there till about uh, March of this year, and moved out here uh, to live with my girlfriend. So, you're from Seattle. Um, let's see, like, can you give us any information on maybe, like, your, your background with sports and and if you like the Sonics, the old school Sonics, I know you mentioned you might have liked the the old Peyton and uh, Kemp days, if I'm not mistaken. Gary Payton, Sean Kemp. Yeah, and I think I, I think that would be true of every guy in in my class at at that time. Uh, you know, honestly, I wasn't a huge basketball fan as a little child because uh, my brother and my dad weren't huge sports fans, and certainly weren't huge basketball fans. They didn't know a ton about the sport and still don't. Um, and I kind of got into it in the mid '90s. Uh, as it happened during Jordan's first retirement, uh, happened to catch uh, Hakeem uh, winning, winning the finals and Reggie doing the chokes uh, 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 imitation on Spike Lee and all that. And um, then I jumped onto that Sonics bandwagon when they made their finals run. They had the new jerseys with the uh, the darker green. They had the maroon and the yellow. And uh, Detlef Schrempf was my favorite player. Detlef Schrempf, man, I remember him. So, CC, you're a Jazz fan. Do you remember when the Sonics beat the Jazz to get to the finals? They beat us in the Western Conference Finals in the 96 season. I, va- I vaguely remember that. Um, I was just starting to, to pay more attention. You know, I was, I was living in Utah at that time, and um, I think I remember more John Stockton breaking the Steels record than that. I might have wiped okay. it from my memory just as right. a, a coping mechanism, I think. For sure. So, yeah, I think uh, – I think that's probably what happened. I did the same thing. We've talked about this before. I did the same thing. I wiped away the 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 loss to the Bulls because Jordan pushed off. So, like, that didn't even happen. It never happened. Like, they never lost to the Bulls. But that year, uh, what I remember about the Sonics, Derek, is uh, when they played the Bulls, even though they, they got pretty much manhandled in the finals, Gary Payton actually did a really good job when he had to guard Michael Jordan. Um, and that was actually really interesting to watch. And I think Colin Cowherd actually brought this up this past year about how well Gary Payton and he was undersized obviously, but they put Payton on Michael Jordan in those finals and he kind of did a really good job on it. Uh, MJ wasn't putting up the numbers he was used to putting up, which people don't realize. So yeah, that Sonics team, I was legit. Um, so we've got CC back with us in the house too. I wanted to make sure that we, we've got some good stuff to cover with CC. So first off, thank you for coming back with me. This is the fourth time. Time number four. We're, we're in for round four. Woo, so here round we go. Four. So, 
round four. Most fighters don't even make it out of round two. So I appreciate <laughs> you getting through three and four with me. What, um, what am I, like a cruiserweight or a, like a welterweight? I don't there's know. There's so many weight classes, I don't even know what you'd be. But <laughs> you're, the, you're the boxing guy. So dude, I just, dude, they've uh, got too many nowadays, man. There okay. should just be three. Light, middle, heavy. Boom, that's it. Okay. <laughs> I'll stick with light. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. So, CC, what do you got going on? There's some new ventures since the last time you joined me on the discussion. Can you talk about some new things that are that are happening for you in, in regards to your, your sports journalism field? Sure. Yeah. Th- yes, that is correct. I uh, I finally have a Twitter handle. Yes. So you can follow me on Twitter at CC Hockey Talk. Woo. So not Hockley, but Hockey, CC Hockey Talk. It's going to be confusing. It's a little bit of a tongue twister, but <laughs> anyway, so I finally – Finally have a Twitter account, and I was on Twitter, and I was seeing, you know, trying to make hockey connections. Imagine that. And I found, I kept finding these handles for Sinbin, the Sinbin. And it's a minor league hockey site. It covers minor league hockey clubs from the the AHL, the ECHL, and the SPHL, which is like the single-A affiliates for the NHL teams. And uh, so I I, I went on their website, and it said, join Team Sinbin. And so I I clicked on it, and and they had a, a vacancy, if you will, for the Idaho Steelheads contributor position. And so I'm like, well, I've been doing a lot of good work with the game time guru, Mr. Shane Larson here. And I'm like, here's here's my stuff. I applied. And within two days, they got back to me and said, you know what? Congratulations. You're the new contributor for the Idaho Steelheads for the sin bin. That is so awesome. Yeah, it was pretty exciting to get that news back. So, so yeah, I, I haven't quite started covering games. I'm, I've been really busy with my with my daytime job and right. trying to get a trying to get a store moved and everything we're relocating so but it's it's very exciting to be you know I, I I talked to Brian McCormick the director of media relations and broadcasting at the Idaho Steelheads talked to him on a Monday by Friday I had my press pass in my hand so I am a credentialed member of the media now which is really stinking exciting Ooh, so. that's so <laughs> awesome when you first told me that i can't even explain i told everybody in my family i was like you guys know cc the guy i've been working with they're like yeah i told him the story they thought it was so cool so oh, man. i'm yeah. jacked for you uh, so for everybody who's listening make sure you guys check out his articles when he gets to start pushing those out like he said he's busy right now but he'll get that rolling he's gonna be what in in you're going to be like pretty much close to the team because you got the press pass. Right, now. right. I'm going to be attending as many home games as I can and uh, trying to crank out an article a week during the season. Um, speaking of articles, I've also, I mean, I've talked to you about this, Shane, but I'm not, I'm not leaving the game time guru high and dry. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on one about rebranding and how rebranding affects the psyche of sports teams. That's the article I'm working on for oh, the game time awesome. guru coming up. So. So, yeah, stay tuned for that and stay tuned for the Sinbin articles. The website's thesinbin.net. And like I said, my Twitter handle now is at CC Hockey Talk. You know, Chad, uh, if you're going to be going to every home game, you should take a trip out to Indiana because the Indianapolis Fury or the Indy Fury are also in the ECHL. But, you know, you probably already knew that because Idaho and Indianapolis are both really close and they're both on the East Coast, which is really appropriate since they're the ECHL and just yeah. come out and do the road trip. You, you bet, man. I mean, I need to come see you and come catch a Blackhawks game anyway. So why not catch an why not why not catch an Indy Fuel game as well? Right on. So you guys know where you can find CC, um, and he's going to have some great content. You've already read his articles on my website. You've listened to what he has to say. Now he gets to showcase his skills for Sinbin. It's going to be awesome. So getting back to our discussion here with Derek and CC, guys, we're talking about jerseys, all right? And uh, I wanted to talk about this because. On my last, well, a couple of weeks ago, I was speaking with Andrew Ferrasi, and we actually made a comment about 
how we rooted for teams that had cool jerseys, right? So I think this is going to be an interesting, fun discussion because we're talking about jerseys. And like in the NFL, for instance, I used to really like the Panthers and the Jaguars because I thought their helmets looked cool and their, their jerseys were awesome colors. But today we're going to be talking about these NBA jerseys. But first, let's talk about how they taught they, they, they took a, a little bit of the European game. Um, they got this little sponsorship deal for the jerseys by, you know, adding some patches on each of the jerseys. And Derek, I want to know what your thoughts are. Like, what do you think about this for the NBA financially? Was it a smart move or was it a dumb move? I think it was a great move financially, uh, although it might have been unnecessary. You know, the NBA, since Adam Silver came to to power and the uh, Stern era ended, they have really been gunning for the NFL's spot as the top sport in the country. And uh, between all all the things happening in the NBA and all the bad things happening with the NFL these days, I, I think that that's a smart idea. You know, I think they haven't come out and said this per se, but I think the justification of eliminating some of the game timeouts at the end of the game uh, is probably going to be justified with, well, we don't need as much ad revenue. We've got them on the jerseys. And that, again, is just a master stroke by Silver and everybody on his team that's coming up with that idea. I think it was inevitable uh, as we're as we're moving into the future and the NBA is more of a forward-looking league than the NFL or Major League Baseball are. Um, and that's not necessarily a good thing, but I, th- I think it's true. Uh, it was inevitable. Um, I'm not crazy about the way it looks. Okay, that's perfect, though, because I kind of want to get in to the actual, let's talk about the physical look of the jerseys themselves with these sponsorship patches. Are there any that you, like, actually like? Like, this is the thing is, like, I thought it took away from the, the look and the flow of the jersey, but I will say this. One of my favorites was the Cleveland Cavaliers. They've got the little Goodyear uh, was it the foot? I don't know what it is. It's a little boot with a little yeah, wing. Like it's, it's the winged feet of – yeah, exactly. That, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So I like that look with the colors that they have. But there's some other ones out there I'm not too fond of. What about yourself, uh, Derek? What do you think? I, I think you're spot on, uh, Shane. I, I think the Cleveland Cavaliers one is probably the least offensive. Uh, another one I think that's not horrible is the Timberwolves, which honestly they, they've got a whole rebranding thing going on this season. they got a new court logo. And main logo, they got the eye of the wolf that lights up on the court. Um, they've gone with kind of a Seahawks blue day glow green combo, which I, I hate, although I know a lot of people love it. Um, but I, I like the way they stuck their Fitbit logo into the, into the, uh, the patch, into the jersey. It kind of, it's between the striped lines. And okay. uh, I think that that's one of the less offensive ones. I really don't like them in general, and I think that that's one of the least offensive. And then all the other ones, uh, we kind of talked about this actually in the email. The Nets one is horrible. Uh, let's see, the Pistons, the Kings, they have blue uh, diamond almonds. The Warriors one on their home or their white jersey is red. So you got a white, blue, and yellow jersey with a red patch. I just, I don't like them. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned that, Derek, because I saw the the original Infor, I think is the the company name um, for Brooklyn, and you've got a very um, just a very you know intentional black and white color scheme for the Brooklyn Nets, and then you got this red Infor patch. They made it monochromatic, you know, to to blend in better. But I think just recently the Pelicans teamed up with Zatarans, you know, the the you know, Cajun style food company. And I just think, (laughs) I just think that that just fits right in with, with just the whole motif of new Orleans and everything. But I I like GE for Boston. 
I like how they kind of blended that and made it green and, and non-obtrusive. I also like Harley Davidson for Milwaukee. <laughs> I hate that one. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the, you got the, kind of Milwaukee, I don't even know what to call that, kind of forest green color, and then you've got their kind of white cream blend of their of their light color, and then you've got that black and orange logo. And I love black and orange together, but I can't stand it when it's with green and cream. Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying there. I actually 100% agree with that. Now, let's let's transition into this. So we know that these weren't the only changes, right? They got the sponsorship patches, but in fact, the main change was that Nike took over the apparel rights of the NBA. They signed an eight-year deal taking over for Adidas, and they had this design, right? Like they wanted to make these jerseys lightweight for the players to be able to move quicker, make it make it feel like they didn't have anything on, but they have a problem. Derek, what is the problem with these jerseys that we're seeing so far this season? Apparently they are lightweight because they're made of toilet paper. <laughs> That's that one ply because um, it's just tearing right off the case. Uh, I think they've had probably six or so in-game tears uh, between the regular season and I think the preseason, which was, of course is only a few more games per team. Uh, they're just tearing right down the middle of the back or the middle of the chest. You've seen a couple players uh, try to pull the jersey up over their head, you know, like you do when you're either wiping the sweat off or maybe you're cursing into your jersey or whatever, and it's tearing right down the chest and splitting at the next seam. Uh, oh. And then the, the first big one was LeBron. It split on the back when he was – I think when he was taking a jumper, and it split right down his back, which, of course, is the size of Montana. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's terribly <laughs> inflexible. Well, and, and, you know, that's what happens when you have – you know, I think it's like – I don't know the percentage of recycled material that they're making the jerseys out of, but Nike's like, oh, it's it's recycled material. So like you said, it's got the same consistency of one-ply toilet paper. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I read that somewhere, and I it was a long time ago. I never even followed up on it to see what that meant. But now that you're saying it again, that sounds really strange to me. How do you recycle a fibrous material that you make clothing out of? And I really don't know. Maybe I should, but I'm not sure what that means. Sounds like you're ripping on them pretty bad. Well, you know, the, the the jersey should be able to stand up to a game's worth of wear, which I don't think any player wears a jersey more than once in a game. Um, they use the – they're using a different blend of material, which they advertised it as being better for uh, wicking sweat off the, off the body. And so it's kind of this Gore-Tex equivalent for for a basketball jersey, where it's gonna let it's gonna breathe a little bit better. It's gonna it's gonna stop you from getting mired in your own sweat. And um, initial reports of that, I think, have been mixed as well. So it's it's this is the NBA ball all over again from about ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, man, this these jerseys are awful. That's just what I gotta say. Like this fact, as far as like the uh, the material, like. That's just bad. Um, do you see them making any changes to help this? So, like, what can Nike do to fix this problem since they just signed an eight-year deal? Like, they've got to fix something. they got eight years with the NBA right now or else something's going to happen to that contract. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they're working hard at it right now. And, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if we didn't hear a ton about what they do. Uh, if they went back to the factory uh, blackboard and, and figured something out and kind of introduced it and it wasn't obvious to us because we are only – seeing it from a distance um, and we might not hear a lot about it. You know, the last Jersey I heard of ripping was I think a, a week ago and it was Thaddeus Young. And it was one of those ones that split on the neck. I haven't heard anything since then. 
I'm wondering how long it's going to be till I hear anything else. Uh, and between just a lack of, of rips, I'm wondering if Nike's also telling the media to be a little hush-hush about it just because they don't want to damage their brand. Yeah, I mean, when you've got this many jersey tear mentions and, you know, every game is televised and everything like that, and we're only 15, 16 games into the season, and it happened a number of times in the preseason as well, yeah, there's going to have to be definitely some adjustments that need to be made for sure. Here's the thing. Uh, it's something that you said spoke out to me, Derek, is <laughs> it might be from when they're pulling their jersey over their face to curse. So, like, I'm not trying to, like, do a confessional here, but uh, when I was in high school, I was I led my team in technical fouls and for two seasons, and uh, part of that was because of that specific instance. I, w- I just have to say if, if I had those jerseys in high school, I'd have gone through at least 11 of them uh, because I know that 11 of my technical fouls my junior and senior year were because of that exact reason. So anyways, I just thought I had to throw that out there because it reminded me of that exact same scenario. I don't hold it against anybody. I think that that's one of the most appropriate ways you can get that stuff out of your system. And I wouldn't expect any anybody who makes $100 million and is such a t- finely tuned machine uh, to act any different. We're going to talk about the jerseys. We're going to rank them. Derek's got some good rankings here. Um, I want you to go through them with these new styles that we talked about. Um, and we're going to talk about the best of the West best of the east the worst and the worst which ones you have ranked in the top so we'll go through this discussion um and it's it's meant to be fun so i want to i want you to to basically share who you think has the best jerseys looking wise in the western conference that's where we'll start well you know uh, shane and chad i don't i don't know how much of this you guys have kept up on um but not a ton of the jerseys have actually changed much from a, an aesthetic uh, standpoint, the jersey material and the fit of it has changed a little bit, uh, but most of the styling is the same. Uh, a lot of the changes that have occurred are around the uh, elastic band of the waist of the shorts and around the uh, bottom of the shorts where the seam is on the outside. They've kind of cut out a triangle on that. Um, so, and and frankly, I'm not a huge fan of change. So I think when you get something that looks classic and clean and uh, appropriate, you want to stick with it. Uh, and so. I've got to go with some that aren't necessarily the newest or the freshest, but I don't care. I don't like that Timberwolves one. What I do like are, are the uh, the Rockets. Uh, I'm not a Rockets fan, but I love the way they incorporate the Rocket into their logo, into their text on the chest, uh, into the um, the piping, not the piping, the uh, the 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 stripes under the arm. Um, the way they incorporate all that, I think, is just so very clean. There's not a ton of color. There's not a ton to distract you with it. Um, something that's a little more distracting, but I think it's just so beautiful that I can't, I can't leave it off the list is the Warriors. Uh, the way they incorporate the bridge and their color combination of the blue and yellow and white is just gorgeous. And I, I hope they don't leave it anytime soon. Um, they can keep incorporating all kinds of, uh, alterations to it that they use occasionally, like they do the, uh, the military support night for some teams. And I think the Warriors last year and the Rockets both did the, um, the Chinese text, the Chinese characters, I believe it was, they did, on, they the, did. on the chest. Um, I, th- I think that that still looked fine. I, th- I thought that was a really nice touch, just something to do to kind of dabble with. And the the third one would be um, would be the Blazers. You know, I, I grew up a Sonics fan as a child, and there was that rivalry between Seattle and Portland the whole time, but it didn't really matter. Uh, the the diagonal striping across the chest, the lower chest, has always been gorgeous. Portland actually did make a change, however, uh, to their main logo 
you know, they've got that pinwheel look with all the red and white stripes that kind of yin-yang on each other. And yep. those stripes have always tapered uh, our whole lifetimes, I think, because you'd have to go back to the Rip City logo to, to get something different. They actually made them so that the stripes didn't taper at the ends. They just stay solid and parallel to each other. Uh, and then they still end um, in the flat, the flat line. But uh, I think that cleans it up a little bit. It makes it look a little less 80s, 90s, um, and just gives it kind of a clean start. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, both Sports Illustrated and Complex um, rated the Blazers jerseys three and one. So they are, yeah, they're they're in. Uh, they're unanimous. It's it's pretty unanimous across the board. I mean, the the descriptors I'm finding for that is is just clean. There's improvements to the word mark, the numbers, the piping, and the striping. You know, the font of blazers across the front is straight up and down instead of you know um, tilted diagonally to go against those diagonal stripes on the front. You know, it's interesting that you like the Rockets jerseys because um, SI rated it 22 and Complex rated it 29. It just they called it swagless. They called it swagless. They said it doesn't evoke Rockets or space. I mean, they could throw a little yellow in there like they did in the 90s. I mean, they they could, and I think they use an, an alternate that's red and yellow like those 80s and 90s, but it's not the same ones that Hakeem was wearing. It's it's right. a little bit different font. Right. The one thing I don't like about the Portland jerseys is their, I think it's their statement jersey. It's kind of got a color rush thing going for it, where it doesn't have any outline on the on the text. So it's a red, it's a solid red jersey, uh, and it says Portland, but it doesn't have a white outline around it. Uh, same with the numbers, and then the striping, the diagonal striping is like the the main logo with all the little tiny stripes, but they're gray with black separation. Yeah, I, I and it, it reminds me a, a ton of the color rush in the NFL, which you know, Chad and Shane, you might be able to guess this, but I'm not a huge fan of those either. So, I saw I saw a comment online about the Blazers jersey. It's like, oh, it looks like tire marks because they're going to get run over by Golden State in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> so, so what do we got, Derek? So we we heard your your best of the West. Let's talk about the top and the East. What do you got for the Eastern Conference jerseys that you like the most? Uh, so I really like the the rebranding for the Bucks, um, and that's part of the reason I, I think I despise the Harley Davidson uh, patch so much is because they had such a good thing going uh, last year, and then they just totally destroyed the upper portion of that with the black and orange of the Harley Davidson logo. Um, part of that might be because the shape of the Harley logo they're using does nothing to collaborate, and that's that's true of a lot of these patches. You know, the patches are rectangular. I think the league wasn't very flexible about the way they let them apply it just as a kind of a trial period to kind of figure things out. And they didn't really let them work it in. Like if you think about the Knicks logo, it's very plain. It's blue and orange. I love those colors. I hate that they're not willing to try anything unusual with it, except for the, um, the sleeve alternating uh, colors, which I don't think I've seen them do in a couple of years, but yeah, you had this beautiful uh, green and cream logo with the, the, the horizontal stripes under the arm and they totally destroyed it with this this black and orange on the top where the patch goes. But I think it's still just so gorgeous um, and so much better than some of the purple ones that we saw in the 90s, like the one with the giant uh, buck across the, the right. bottom half of the chest. Uh, I just thought that was horrendous, and this is so much of a, a better decision. Uh, Cavalier's statement jersey is great. I think you were mentioning this, um, Shane. The, the statement of jersey for the Cavs, it's like two tones of black uh, kind of 
alternating stripes, but it's subtle, a little bit like the Atlanta Hawks, uh, New Jersey's with the triangles, but, but more subtle than that. It doesn't feel like you're staring at one of those magic guy things. Um, and they've kept the C of the Cavaliers logo, but just blew it up. So it's not the whole Cavaliers text. It's just the C and it's giant and it just dominates it. And it feels very, it encapsulates LeBron playing for the Cavs to me in, in a lot of ways. Totally get that. Totally get that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last one, um, which honestly, I'm a little confused about this. And I, I tried looking it up this morning and I could not get a solid answer. Uh, I've seen Miami wear a uniform that's, if not identical to, very, very similar to uh, their old uniforms from the early 90s when they when they were new, which is not like the ones that we think of when we think about the Heatles. Um, and I love it. And they've worn it at least twice this season. And so it makes me wonder if it's um, like a really popular alternate. But it doesn't seem to be their, their standard. It seems like they've stuck with that, that Shaq, D. Wade, uh, with the um, the little collar t t bone thing on on the chest, uh, but I just love that Miami uniform. I think it looks so good. Now, Derek, are you talking about the like the all reds? Because I I did a little research too, and the statement jersey for Miami is all red, and the shorts are red and everything, and it kind of harkens back to the Shaq and D Wade era. Or are you talking even further back, like Glenn Tim Rice, Hardaway. Tim Hardaway, Lonzo Mourning? Um, yeah, I'm talking like Tim Hardaway and before that when they had like Ronnie Cycli and Glenn Rice and stuff like that. Well, Ronnie Cycli, okay, Grandpa. That dude would pull down some rebounds on anybody. Oh, man. You're, you're diving way back into the depth of things. I like that. <laughs> that's that's perfect. <laughs> that's, my, uh, that's my NBA Live 95. That, that team was awesome. That Ronnie Cycli, Glenn Rice, Steve Smith. Uh, I want to say it had uh, Jamal Mashburn. Is that, is that right? Yeah, I think you might be right, honestly. I was in second grade at that time, but that's all I know. Holy cow. But, you know, something that you mentioned, Derek, is so we're talking about the best of the best, and I'm looking through these these guys that you just ranked, you know, best of the, the West, best of the East, um, as far as their jerseys. I have this phrase that I always liked. Uh, you, you've probably heard it yourself. If you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. If you play good, you get paid good. So these guys look good. They're all playing pretty well because each one of these teams, I think, finished with a winning record last year. They're all doing pretty well this year. I mean, there's got to be some sort of, there's got to be some sort of like validity to that statement. I think, anyways. <laughs> it's probably it's probably skewing my opinions a little bit, but I can't help it. I'm I'm a human. No, I totally get it, man. I totally get it. So let's let's transition into this. We've talked about the best. We've shed some light on some of the best the, the jerseys that you've seen. Let's go through your rankings of the worst in the West in particular. Well, uh, one of the worst in the West, I already kind of mentioned the Timberwolves. They, they've done that whole rebranding with the, the kind of day glow green. Um, and I like the way they snuck the patch in there because I think it's so subtle. But I really don't like the the combination. It's it's kind of got a Warriors vibe to it with the, ho- the thick horizontal stripes. Um, but I just do not like that green. I don't, I don't like it. I can't get around it. Um, the Phoenix statements uh, might be my, my least favorite. Uh, they, they've just got a PHX on it, and it's pretty solid color. It's, there's not a lot of variation in it. I, it's a solid black, and there's nothing to make me say, wow, I should watch these guys more often. And that's not just because they're playing the court. It's because they don't look good. I think there's uh, nothing appealing about that. You know, Chuck looked great, and Chuck 
Chuck's always been kind of chunky, but he looked great in those old Phoenix uniforms. Why? You know, they had they had a good look. And and they did incorporate that little the sun the sun the basketball that's the sun they they incorporated that on their court and it, and I've noticed with the statement jerseys they're kind of putting logos like even some of the more old school logos on that little little patch on their waistband I've noticed and and they did that with the Phoenix statement jerseys but yeah aside from that it's pretty yeah it's pretty bland I mean it's just PHX and and black it's just it's pretty just unimpressive I agree with you on that Derek. There's an opportunity for every team to get a little bit creative, and a lot of them did not take it. Um, I, I guess that that wouldn't be a sin that I'd say the Timberwolves made, but I, I dislike theirs for a different reason. But Phoenix just played it as conservatively as they could. I don't know what they're thinking. Uh, the last one would be the Pelicans. Um, I I've thought this since they they became the Pelicans. I don't like the name. I don't like the colors. The only thing I do like, and this is actually an improvement, which which I think kept them out of the bottom slot for me, is that they increased the size of the text on the jersey. So they, I, I don't hate their font with the little, the little they're not serifs, they're little things sticking out of the side. It's kind of got a Western font vibe to it. Um, but they increased the size of that font. And so I think it it's a little bit more attractive, but I still don't like the colors. They've got kind of a navy blue and that golden rod and a red. What's funny about the the jerseys that you just mentioned there is each one of these teams is probably going to be fighting for that 7-8 seed. So I'm going to keep going back to that whole you play good, feel good, you play good whole whole scenario. That's that's kind of going to be the 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 gist of my article that I want to write, you know, is this rebranding, this uh you know, the new colors and everything. I mean, Derek and I have had many conversations about the purple and teal overhaul in the 90s that a lot of teams did um, from Major League Baseball to the NBA, of course, you know, with the Utah Jazz and NFL even with the Panthers, you know, they embraced, you know, kind of a, a bluish, you know, not really teal, but but yeah, I mean, it's just a matter like the Pelicans, <laughs> the colors just don't come together, you know, they're just, they're, they're the Mardi Gras colors, but they're just like, uh, they're on the cusp of doing something. It's pretty bad when the Jazz embrace more of the New Orleans spirit. I mean, obviously they came from New Orleans, but yeah, it's pretty bad when the Jazz jerseys do a better job than that than the Pelicans. Totally agree with you on that one, CC. So that, great analysis. Now let's finish up with the the worst of the Eastern Conference. And uh, I know you've already touched base, Derek, on the the Knicks. You kind of touched base on that. And uh, I want to hear what you have to say in regards to the rest of the Eastern Conference. What, what jerseys do you want to rank there? Uh, I think that the Raptors Reds uh, had a lot of potential when they first came up with that idea, but they've kind of toned them down uh, in their their character. Um, they just don't have a lot of aggression left in them, and the font is really blasé. It just it just does not make me want to root for them. The numbering style is is also very plain. It's kind of small, um, and the the letters are so uh, bolded that it's hard to see the space inside the R and inside the P and the O and stuff like that. I just think it's very plain and it's not a good look. Um, I don't like pinstripes in general, but I wouldn't hate if they went back to the Damon Stoudemire pinstripe era, that, that Duncan T-Mac era either. Um, the next, like, like you said, yeah, there's just not a lot of uh, aggression or creativity going there. I think that the Knicks, this is kind of going back to the patches, 
the Squarespace logo that they've chosen really looks strange, but I think if they were given a more uh, liberal opportunity to kind of get creative with the logo and work those diagonal curves into their jersey idea, you could really have something there, but they, they haven't done that yet. So I'm going to keep next toward the bottom. Uh, the last one is going to be the, the Hawks regulars, uh, mostly the Reds as well. And I love red, but I don't love when it feels like a magic guy and it gives me a headache. Uh, the yellow is not quite the Atlanta yellow that I want to see. I want to see the 80s Dominique style, uh, or at least the colors that they used on those jerseys. And the font that they chose for the ATL, and first of all, I don't know why it says ATL and not Atlanta, um, but that, that font, I don't even know what that is. It's, it's like something out of Blade Runner. <laughs> That's a pretty good comparison. What do you think of those triangles on there? Uh, I think if they made it a little more subtle, I wouldn't hate it so much. Um, but they obviously want you to see them. Like, like you said, it's like looking into a magic eye, and your your eyes just start to hurt after a while. You know, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, somebody I, I read about the Atlanta jerseys. They said it's it's it looks way too Nike. Like it looks like Nike just took it and cranked it up to eleven in regards to what they like to do. Like especially with like or, the Oregon Ducks football and basketball jerseys, like yeah, it, and and it definitely evokes that. I mean, and especially with that like highlighter greenish yellow that they have on there, yeah, to harken back to the days and to, to bring back that just the basic yellow, like you said, the Dominique Wilkins, the Spud Webb, you know, the eighties, the eighties and early 90s hawk yeah if you don't want to go with the pac-man logo that's okay but i think those colors were great and i i thought they were also a lot better colors to choose from than the uh, 90s dikembe hawks i just thought they were they were clean they were solid they were very distinct from everybody else in the league and now you have something that's that's very distinct but it's it's painful right and to to go back to the to the raptors jersey derek um you know, they kind of had this this overarching, you know, kind of, you know, word art, something that you come up with in Microsoft Word where, you, you, you know, you bend the word art so that it's an arch. I think a team that did it right in the East was the Indiana Pacers. And, you know, they kind of had the Indiana and then the Pacers underneath it and the number in between that. I know we spoke about that before as well, Derek, and how, you know, they made it kind of as a nod towards the Hickory jerseys that they wear from Hoosiers. Yeah, I like the, uh, the the little pinstripe uh, sunburst. I don't know. I don't know what else to call it. Kind of a sunburst striping on the side. Uh, I'm not as crazy about the the hickory homage um, for the text, but I think it's better than the rafters. And I'd say the Pacers probably have grown on me a little bit since we first talked about them. They were my honorable mention for best in the East. Yeah, and I mean, I really like what they've done with their alternate logo, incorporating the state of Indiana, and you've got the yellow basketball, of course. I mean, it's just, it looks really good on their court. I mean, you've got the main P in the middle there, but they've got the the alternate logos on the court as well, and I think it just looks, it looks really nice, and it's a good nod to the state, and just, it's a good homage, for sure. Now, a couple things that I took out of this discussion, one, Derek, it doesn't sound like you like the like the abbreviations, should I say, like the ATL or the PHX. Like you didn't like Phoenix's PHX. You didn't like Atlanta's ATL. You like to have the words spelled out. Okay, I got that. Now, I do, unless, unless it's Toronto and you could go YYZ, and I'd be okay with that. Fair enough. <laughs> and in regards to the Raptors, um, I wanted your take on the old school dinosaur on the thing. Like you mentioned the Damon Stoudemire days, like the pinstripe, but did, did you like those when like Vince Carter was there, Those the, the, the dinosaur? 
What was your full take on the dinosaur? I did not like the dinosaur that much. I, I was okay with the pinstripe. You had the pinstripe with the um, the kind of the lightning bolt zigzag thing. And I think I think Orlando did that not too long ago as well. Uh, but I did not like the dinosaur. It didn't look very intimidating. It looked more like a cartoon. Um, you know, I, I like I like my animals to be somewhat believable in the in their anat- anatomical design. And that T Rex or Velociraptor dribble in the ball just didn't do it for me. Well, I mean, Especially, he was wearing clothes, too, wasn't he? He was wearing a jersey as he was dribbling. He was wearing a jersey and shorts, and, and you could just tell by the logo that they were catering to kids. I mean, I was probably I was probably eight or nine. I mean, well, you and I were probably about eight or nine when those jerseys came out. And I'm, I'm just like, oh, man, you know, Raptors, new team, Toronto. And, and they're just, yeah, they're, they're totally geared towards kids. And, of course, they had to update, update it to make it more, you know. More well, it was, it, was the same with the, it was the same with the Grizzlies. As well, when they when they started out, they had the the giant claw with all the or the giant paw with all the claws coming out of it. That seemed cooler to me. I, I sure. wasn't a huge Grizzlies. I wasn't a huge fan of the Grizzlies logo either. But I thought that that was cooler than the cartoony dinosaur that was just trying to ride the coattails of Jurassic Park. Exactly, Derek. I appreciate your your discussion here with the jerseys. To wrap it up, we're going to get into the last segment called the Guru's Gauntlet, and I'm just going to ask you a few questions. More like a rapid-fire style, but uh, you haven't been preparing for these ones because I haven't written them down yet. So are you ready for the Guru's Gauntlet? I'm as ready as I'm going to be. All right, so you're, you you like the Sonics back in 95, 96. You mentioned to me before that you like the Spurs. Are you going to, like, because of Tim Duncan, right? You like Tim Duncan. You start watching him on SportsCenter. But will you root for the Spurs when Popovich leaves? Uh, I probably won't. Um you know, I think Popovich is going to stay there uh, at least until after Tony and Manu are done. Uh, I think he'll stick around there a while at least to make sure that Kawhi is doing okay. Uh, he might stick around for another 15 years for all I know, but I, I, would, I wouldn't put money on that. I'll probably phase that out, and I'll just become kind of a basketball fan at large. You like the Sonics. When they moved to OKC, did you ever follow them when they went to OKC? Do you like OKC, or do you have no ties to them whatsoever? No ties whatsoever. Uh, I'll, I'll lend you my, my Sonics DVD about the, the whole event of them losing the team to OKC. I, I understand, um, that's Clay Bennett's decision and his group. Uh, but that whole event was shady. And frankly, this, this might sound a little unromantic. I'll be okay if Seattle does not get a team again. And I think that's a little unusual for people that you talk to who were Sonics fans and who were sad that they lost them. The, the, the Seattleites made a decision not to pay for the renovations to the key arena, um, which now I think they're doing anyway, although it's been, it's been 10 years, um, because they just paid to build Safeco Field and Quest, which is now CenturyLink um, uh, Field for the, the Seahawks, and they didn't want to pay for a third one, and Clay Bennett called their bluff, and I don't want it to be one more of these cities and situations where the owner has held a team uh held a city hostage to the team and gets the city to pay for a new stadium or arena i'm so glad you actually covered that because that was my next question is if you wanted to see a seattle team if you would support them if they came back to seattle so you already answered that one i mean i will if if the owner is willing to pay for it i i am not gonna tell anybody they should vote for that i think that's ridiculous what's the best nba jersey of all time That you know that Dominic Hawks jersey would be up there. Um, 
I don't know if I could choose just one. And it's the same thing if you asked me what my favorite movie was. I don't think I could choose just one. The the Dominic Hawks jersey would be great. The the Reggie Miller Pacers jersey from when I when we were kids with the uh tapered striping was was great, I thought. Uh a third one, I'll just I'll keep it to three, I guess. A third one would have to be Uh, I like the Rip City. I like the Rip City jerseys. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm gonna, I'm, oh. gonna, I'm pulling it back. I'm gonna go with the the Barclay Suns with with the sun coming up and the the nice purple striping around the the bottom of the shorts. I'm going with that. That's my three. You're in Indiana. Like, what's there to do in Indiana? That's a great question. I've been here seven months. I haven't got an answer for you. Uh, you know, uh, there's not a ton to do in Bloomington if you're not a part of the university, I don't think. Um, Bloomington's a great town. It honestly it reminds me a lot of Boise on a smaller scale. Um, it's a college town. It's got a lot of youth uh, vibe. It's got a lot of art around, things like that. It's got a lot of microbreweries and stuff like that that you can go to to hang out and have a good time. I think they're opening an arcade bar uh, next week weekend or the weekend after maybe um you know i got to do more stuff in indianapolis we went up to go to an indy fuel game we drove all the way there i thought surely they'll have tickets left they were sold out we drove oh, wow. all the way back it was like an hour drive um i'm on, i'm gonna go to an iu football game we had tickets i won a raffle at work to get some tickets to go to the indiana uh who was it coastal carolina something like that it was a game that was not originally scheduled and it got tossed onto the schedule because of the um, all the hurricane. It, it ruined Indiana's matchup with somebody, and we were going to go. And apparently, you can't bring purses in there. You got to have everything in a clear plastic bag so they can see that there's no bomb in it. And so we we took the bus back home that day. And I'd like to go to an IU basketball game or three, but man, the tickets are expensive. Uh, going to Duke costs like 120 bucks. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so you're in a small town. It's got some sporting events that you can go to around you, but it's just really expensive and hard to get there, it seems. Or you bring the wrong bag and you can't get into the stadium. Anyway, oh, just man. to be clear, it wasn't it wasn't my purse. It was her purse. Sure. I just want to get that on the record. It wasn't your handbag, Dirk? Right. It, it wasn't okay. my man's bag. Right on, Derek. Well, I appreciate you joining the show. Before we sign off, I wanted to see if, CC you have anything else you'd like to say? Oh, I just, yeah, the DVD that Derek mentioned about Seattle losing their team, I mean, it's tragic. I mean, you gotta you got to give it a watch. I mean, do you have the, the full title of that, Derek? Okay. No, you're good. You're good. I'll, I'll let you look it up. I'll keep talking. Yeah, I just read an article. I actually sent it to Derek recently that Seattle wants to fund – uh, and they're actually the ownership group. I, I, I think I read this correctly. They want to take on more of the finances of it to take the burden off the city. But they want to build an arena that wants to host an NBA team. But also they want to lure an NHL team there as well. Ooh. So, you know, NHL, they're at 31 teams right now. It's kind of an odd number. Where's the 32nd franchise going to land? I mean, there's a number of teams that are up for relocation, obviously. So they could, you know, a Florida or a Carolina or, heaven forbid, Gary Bettman, an Arizona could land in Seattle. Or, you know, Hamilton, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada could be a good potential. Quebec, of course, you know, they just built a new stadium that's NHL ready. Kansas City, actually, the Sprint Center, it's NHL ready. They could they could go there as well. So they've got a number of options. But, yeah, Seattle definitely vying for that number 32 team. 
in the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd be curious to see uh, that happen. I'd be I'd be excited to see what they name it, and uh, I suspect they'd put that in the key arena as well. But uh, that that would be cool. I, I found that uh, DVD. It's Sonic's Gate, like Watergate. So Sonic's Gate, and and they do have, yeah, and they do have a website that's active um, to kind of advertise the DVD, and they've got a blog on there. So it's it's just Sonic'sGate.com. Uh, so the okay. subtitle of it was Requiem for a Team. Oh. Play, play on the uh, Aronofsky movie. Right, right. Man, that is just so heart-wrenchingly poetic. It's, um, yeah, it, it's a it's a painful video. The guys did a great job putting everything together. It, it, it mixes all the, the different political uh, machinations that are going on between uh, Stern and Bennett and his team and then between Bennett and... Uh, uh, the city council of Seattle and the city council and prior owners and, and all this stuff about what people are saying they're doing and what people are saying they're looking for and how it just kind of spirals out of control and gets swept under the rug. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty sad. I think I'm going to have to check it out though. It's called Sonic's gate, sonicsgate.com. So is it the Sonic's gate or just Sonic's gate? Just Sonic's gate. Okay. Okay, so Sonic Skate, and we can check it out, sonicskate.com. I'll put it here at the bottom here for the description. So once again, Derek, thank you so much for joining the show. CC, as, as always, it's been a pleasure. And everybody who's listening, I'd appreciate the support if you could share this, share it with your friends. I hope you guys enjoyed the discussion as much as I did. Um, you guys know it. This is the Game Time Guru. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Before you leave, please head on over to iTunes and leave me a review. I would greatly appreciate it because it helps me out a ton. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the support.